Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. One of the great calls of Scripture, from the Hebrew Scriptures all the way through to the New Testament, is the call to imagine. To imagine further. To imagine deeper. To look up and see what could not be imagined before. It's a powerful call. In the Hebrew Scriptures, we see Abraham and Sarah imagining their life, their future, their dream for family and descendants. And yet they are beyond the childbearing years. And yet they feel that call to just imagine, to look further, to believe in what seems impossible. And they believe, and God calls them to a new land. They journey forward imagining God's call and living it, making it real in their own lives with every footstep believing beyond their doubt, ultimately becoming our forebears. Imagine the children of Israel in captivity under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh. And yet, they are called to believe that freedom is possible. They are called to imagine a God who will make a way out of no way. Called to look inside themselves and find that inner freedom and turn that inner freedom into an outward freedom. To imagine beyond their confinement. And they are freed. They lean into the imagination. That they knew that deep truth that God's dreams for us are always greater than our dreams for ourselves. And God can always imagine further than we can imagine. In the New Testament, we see Mary called to imagine birthing God. Could it be true? Me? <laughs> could it happen in my heart, my life? How could it be? Then those simple words where she opens herself to what she couldn't imagine herself and simply says, let it be. Let your imagination, your imagining, your divine work, may it be birthed in me. This call to imagine is a powerful call and yet as you look through the scriptures you also see how that call is an amazing challenge. People struggle to look beyond captivity. For the children of Israel, even once they were freed, they continued to struggle with the call to imagine. In the wilderness, God promised to feed them. But when it was manna every day, day after day after day, they began to say, God, when are you going to give us some real food? <laughs> we're tired of this. They, they couldn't imagine beyond what was right in front of their face. And they wanted more. They struggled. The, the psalmist today, the psalmist cries, Out of the depths I call to you. Oh God. Struggling with the ability to imagine. And then this whole idea of struggling with the ability to imagine comes very clear in the gospel lesson that we have today. You saw it presented for you in dramatic form a few moments ago. But it's a story of a brother and two sisters struggling to imagine 
beyond the grave, struggling to imagine beyond grief. They were friends of Jesus, and they sent word to him that Lazarus was gravely ill. Now at this point, they could imagine Jesus was their friend. They'd heard the stories of his healing. And yet when Jesus didn't come, when they sent out the call, and Jesus lollygagged and delayed, their ability to imagine began to waver. And they found their ability to imagine giving way to grief and tears. They couldn't look up. They couldn't look out. They couldn't look beyond. All they knew is that their brother was dying and then he died. They were questioning who Jesus was to them now. If he was really their friend, why did he let them down? They questioned everything that they had believed up to that moment. And yet Jesus arrives on the scene and calls them to imagine again, to believe again. Only at that point they'd given up hope. Part of the belief system of that time was that when someone died, their soul hovered around them for three days. Well, in our gospel lesson, it's now day four. Jesus is too late. Their beloved has died. Jesus has let them down. And then Jesus looks in to their situation into their hearts and into their lives and says three of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. To their doubt and to their fear and to their desolation and their desiccation, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. You are bound no more. You are confined no more. You are dead no more. Arise and come out and believe again and live again you are desiccated no more it's a powerful story of how God comes to us and calls us to new life again to be bound no more Lazarus had a choice when Lazarus came out and heard that call that call to life he was then faced with a brand new question. What are you going to do with your new beginning? What are you going to do with the life you've now been given? He could have walked around with the grave clothes. Instead, he embraced a brand new call to imagine the life that he now lived with his sisters and with Jesus on the way to something even more powerful. On the way to future divine reversals. At that time, the cross was the greatest symbol of torture and death. Would they dare to believe that that cross could be transformed into a symbol of love? How would that be possible? How could they imagine that? How could they imagine life coming out of death? And yet they embraced the call. Lazarus, come out! The call of Scripture is always a call to see ourselves there. And I invite us today to link arms with Mary and Martha and with Lazarus and to insert our name into Jesus' call. Lazarus, come out. Becomes Dwayne, come out. 
Becomes Jim, come out. Becomes Nancy, come out. Imagine further, imagine truer, imagine deeper. What are you going to do with the life you've been given? You have this life to imagine and to live. What are you going to do now? Do you believe that God dreams greater dreams than you? Do you believe that God can imagine further and truer than you? And that the call is simply to come out, to lay aside the grave clothes, and to listen for the next step, and to take those small steps to the place of imagination realized and dreams come true, to walk boldly and faithfully. It's what Lazarus did. Lazarus and Mary and Martha turned from their grief to become the greatest defenders and supporters of Jesus Christ. What's holding us back? What's confining us? Do you see that big stack of bills? Do you see that relationship that is no longer what it was when you got into it? Do we look beyond? Can you imagine God at work? Henry Nouns, a spiritual writer who calls us to imagine a bold and lively faith. Listen to this call. Jesus said, live ecstatically. Move out of that place of death and towards life because I am the God who is living. Wherever I am, there is life. There is change. There is growth. There is increase and blossoming. And something new. I'm going to make everything new. For us to dare to live a life in which we continue to move out of the static places and take trusting steps in new directions, that is what faith is all about. The Greek word for faith means to trust. To trust that the ground before you, that you've never walked, is safe. That it's safe ground. That it's God's ground. That it's holy ground. Mm. Part of the call to imagine is to imagine as individuals what our lives can look like. Again, remembering that God will always imagine more than we can imagine. But the other thing we see happening in Scripture is that this idea of imagining happens in community. Mm. That it's communities that's called to move forward. That God works through people and relationships. We see that in Mary and Martha and Lazarus. How they continue to work as a family, as a community. To walk with Jesus to the higher call. I think about resurrection. And I hear Jesus calling us. Resurrection, come out! I have great dreams for you as a community and a congregation. Imagine the difference you can make in your community. We see that God's dreams for us are greater than our dreams for ourselves. Because God hungers and dreams for a congregation somewhere that will stand up relentlessly for equality and justice. A congregation somewhere that will stand up for a faith that's not about fear, but it's about love and freedom. Resurrection, come out! Imagine what I hold for you. Imagine what I, your God, dream for you. A place of healing, a place of life, a place of community. Imagine how we can be life for each other through Christ. Over the last several years is We've had conversations. Part of what I've heard in you is a hunger 
for deeper reflection on the spiritual life, a hunger for a greater understanding of Scripture, a hunger for more of an understanding of what it means to grow in community and to grow in Christian maturity. God has that dream for us as well, that this would be a place where people become countercultural, no longer swayed by consumerism, no longer swayed by the sort of fear that surrounds us in our culture, but strong lives leading to strong community. And one of the ways we can do that very uniquely is to call each other to that place of conversation and sit across the table from someone who may be different from us, understanding that in that conversation we can discover more life than we could previously imagine. The idea is that there is something about God in you that I will only know as I hear your story. And that means that it's people of all ages and all backgrounds coming together to walk the walk and to grow in this faith. One of my dreams is for there to be small groups revived in this place. There's a congregation that went about creating small groups, but their whole stance to that was that they would bring people of different ages and backgrounds together and just see what would happen if they made a commitment to each other. There's a wonderful story here about some people of varying ages who come together to discuss the Bible and find themselves transformed in powerful ways. What you hear here is part of what I imagine for us as a congregation growing in Christian maturity. Mm. Six people ages 14 to 80 gathered for Bible study. For three years, they shared a commitment to one another to look deeply in Scripture. Mr. Jones was a retired attorney. He had studied Scripture and theology for years. Articulate, forceful, and abrasive, he frequently launched into th lengthy and harsh critiques of Scripture passages that he rejected, especially the violent psalms or any text related to sharing generously with the poor. The youngest member, a 14-year-old, wondered about Mr. Jones' tirades. She experienced him as cynical and judgmental and bitter. She struggled with how to invite him to see the effect that his speech had on her. One particular night, Mr. Jones attacked the statements where Jesus made claims about himself, such as, I am the light of the world and I am the resurrection of the life. Mr. Jones stated, I don't believe Jesus said such presumptuous things. Who would follow such a narcissist? As Mr. Jones spoke, the young woman reached out and placed her hand on his arm. He stopped in mid-sentence. In the gentlest of voices, she said, Mr. Jones, for two years I've listened to all that you reject in the Bible. I know what you don't believe. Now tell me what you do believe. A deep stillness settled over the small group. The anger in Mr. Jones melted away before everybody's eyes. And later his wife would say, I don't know what, what you do in those Bible studies, but it changed my husband. He's a different person. Hmm. I love that story. In our scripture today, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And it's a powerful and bold statement. But in this scripture, that young 14-year-old becomes Jesus. And in her own quiet way, she places her hand on Mr. Jones's arm. And she says, Mr. Jones... Come out. Come out of your confined way of thinking. 
Come out of your bitterness. Come out of your arrogance. Come out of your fear. Come out of all the stuff you don't believe in. Just tell us what you do believe. Come out, Mr. Jones. That is the great hope for us that we will be Jesus to each other, sitting across the table, inviting each other to that higher and that deeper and that stronger and that truer life. Coming together to just imagine a God who is at work in the human heart. In the coming weeks, you'll hear more about what it means for us to imagine, what it means to dream and believe and give and live. But one of the deepest parts of that dream really is this dream to come together and to imagine the spiritual work that God wants to do in each of us, to be a congregation growing in spiritual and Christian maturity. Last fall at the congregational meeting, we sought to address this hunger by making part of the budget a director of life development. In a way, it's getting a head start on this Imagine idea, this Imagine campaign. And uh, upon approval of that budget, we immediately begin to talk to regional elders and denominational leaders, trying to find the very best person in our denomination who had experience developing Christian education programs for children all the way up through adults. In talking to elders and talking to denominational leaders, we interviewed over eight people. And uh, I'm pleased to announce today that we have found a person who has amazing experience. She has been on the staff of two large MCCs, MCC San Francisco and MCC New York. She has worked in youth counseling programs. Right now she's in the Boston area working in a re-education program for prisoners getting ready to re-enter society. So she has a full range of experience. She has a deep heart for equality and justice, working with education programs for the People of African Descent Conferences and for women's conferences. And I am pleased to announce that the new Director of Life Development for Resurrection MCC is Kristen Klein Ketchatini. We would invite you to be here on Easter Sunday when uh, she will be with us for the first time in worship. And um, get ready for a great explosion of opportunities. Right now we have Creating a Life That Matters. Uh, That's limited to about 25 people every 18 weeks. But imagine what would happen. Just imagine if 200 people, 250 people were involved in that kind of ongoing education program. Uh, God's going to do amazing things in this place as we seek to grow and open ourselves to all that God holds. We need God's help for all that God holds for us to become the people and congregation God's calling us to be. And the spiritual team of the Imagine Campaign has written a prayer. It's on page five of the Grow Up section in your worship folder. I'd invite you to pray this prayer every day. And today I'd invite us to pray this prayer as a congregation. Dear God, we ask you to help us imagine with you as we work to make our dreams come true. The things we could do with you by our side and the places we could go with you as our guide. God, show us what can happen when we dream, believe, give, and live. We can't do it by ourselves. We need you. Amen. One of the things that I love about this place is how you make ministry happen. It is absolutely mind-blowing each week as you come and do something else to make the lives of people transformed inside and out. 
Um, I don't know if you're noticing, but there's a variety of people that are kind of walking in a little bit late, and they're toting those nice bright orange T-shirts, and um, they have walked in the uh, AIDS walk, and some of them may be walking faster than others and have made it with us, but I want you to know that they are making ministry happen by already raising over $7,000 for our AIDS ministry by walking for us today. And if you purchased a t-shirt or sponsored them, then you, you helped as well. But that's a great deal of money for those that we can assist um, as they continue their recovery. Um, we just thank that. And we also thank for all those people. Yesterday was an amazing day. There were people doing all kinds of things and digging in dirt and pulling out weeds. And I had people all around me pushing me. And, and, and I'm hurting in places I didn't know I could hurt. <laughs> but there was a great, great group of people. And I just continue to... Um, encourage you that when you see opportunities like that to step forward because your life will never be the same as you get to partner with other people around you and learn about them as they learn about you as you join for common purpose and ministry to make it happen. As we receive our offering, let's prepare our heart today. Gracious God, we thank you so much that you make ministry happen through us. What a deep honor and a privilege that we have to serve you and to serve each other through the resources that you've given us. So we ask that you would receive all of who we are and all that we have. Receive this offering. Let it glorify your name and let it draw more and more into relationship with you. Let us love people like you love us. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.